Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 594, and today I'm excited because we are going to share something with you. I say we, my good friend, Brian Cohen, who I met this past year, and actually what we're going to do is walk through something that I've actually done in the past, and it's something that we've actually added to the new brand not that long ago. Works pretty well, brings in a little extra cash, and brings in more leads, and builds the email list. And what we're going to be talking about is how to add a book or a guide to your brand so you can bring in leads, build the email list, educate your market, kind of like content like we've been talking about, and also bring in some extra cash. And I'm talking about like uh, maybe an extra 500 bucks a month, maybe an extra thousand bucks a month. Um, This is actually what I've done in the past. And uh, I'm going to share that with you. And uh, Brian Cohen, who's an expert at this, he actually has an agency that helps uh, authors and how-to authors um, get their books uh, out there and get them ranked and get more traffic and really how to build that that book funnel in a sense. And uh, that's what he's going to cover with us. Now, he has a whole bunch of things he could talk about because he's done a lot but he's really mastered this. And um, it's crazy because, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you do on Amazon to launch a book or a Kindle book or whatever works really similar to the way that we launch products on Amazon. Uh, I guess probably because it's Amazon. <laughs> and, you know, if you get sales and if you get reviews and it's like all that stuff, it kind of kind of helps, you know, the, the process. It's kind of what we're talking about here. Now, let me just also mention this. I met Brian at one of my masterminds that I belong to. All right. And I've been saying this for years. Now, depending on what level you're at, you might pay for a mastermind or you might go to a free mastermind. And I've done both uh, and they're both valuable. But when you get to a certain level in your business and you want to be able to really elevate your game or get around other people that are thinking bigger, like this is what happens. And being in the room with Brian and and a few other guests that I've already had on the show, uh, it just elevates my thinking, gets me motivated and inspired, and it allows me to bounce ideas off. It's not necessarily that golden nugget. It's really about surrounding yourself with those people that are constantly pushing you and that are either at a similar stage or have already been there and know how to get around it or or maybe just giving you, like I said, that feedback is what you need. Now, I've put together my own inner circle and it's called TAS Inner Circle. It's my mastermind. It's where we actually get together twice a year uh, and we get together in person. We bounce those ideas off each other. We kind of lay out the plan for you in 12 months and it's really powerful and it's been so rewarding so far this year with this first group that we're running right now. Now, what we're doing is we're putting together another group. And if you're interested in being part of that, and if you would like an invitation, all you have to do is go over to TASinnerCircle.com. Again, that's TASinnerCircle.com. Now, let me just say that we only accept people at a certain level because we want everyone in that room to be at a similar level, but also where they're advanced enough where we're not picking products necessarily, right? We're in there strategizing, but we're also like thinking big, like big picture thinking. That's what we're doing. If you're at that level and you want to be part of a, of an inner circle or of a mastermind, definitely check it out. I would love to have you apply, but then also see if we'd be a good fit and and work right alongside you in your business over the next 12 months, okay? Because that's what we're doing there. And it's just so awesome. And that's how I met Brian, through a mastermind that I belong to. Now, I've tried a few. There's some things I like. There's some things I don't like. Um, I kind of take the things that I really like, and I want to install them in my inner circle, in my mastermind, and that's kind of how I do it. 
I really like the one that I'm, I'm involved in, in with Brian. And this, this conversation today, having him on the show is part of that. Like I was able to connect with him and now we have a great relationship. He's been helping me behind the scenes on a, a secret project that I'm working on that you guys will hear about probably in about nine months, um, maybe eight months, I forget. Um, I'll be announcing it at my Brand Accelerator Live, which will be in uh, September of 2019. And if you haven't gotten your ticket yet for that, you might want to go over and check out brandacceleratorlive.com. Um, but yeah, like it just, it came from being part of something like a mastermind. So if you're interested in that, definitely check out tasinnercircle.com. And I would love to have you and kind of work with you throughout the next 12 months. All right. So with that all being said, hopefully I've set the stage for Brian. Brian's an awesome guy. He's funny as heck. I mean, I just always seem like I'm laughing when I'm with him. He's he's actually done a little bit of stand-up comedy too. He's hysterical. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking so you can enjoy this episode with my good friend, Mr. Brian Cohen. Enjoy. Well, hey, Brian, welcome to the podcast. What is going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm good, Scott. I'm excited. We we got to talk in person recently for the first time. I, we talked a lot about Amazon. You know, I was pretty darn excited. It <laughs> became a running gag at the event we were at. So uh, it's great to take this conversation to the podcast masses. Yes, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, you have been... Um, in the Amazon ecosystem for a while, just in a different area. And we're going to talk about that. And, uh, and I've dabbled in that area too, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we're also going to be talking about how we can apply some of what you've discovered and uh, actually the thing that you're also helping other people with to, uh, to possibly add to a physical products brand, which I think would be really beneficial especially when we're talking about building a brand. But before we get into all of that fun conversation stuff that we had in private, um, I wanted to, um, I wanted to get a little bit more about your story and kind of how you got into, you know, the business that you're in now and, and kind of what, what got you to the place, you know, uh, where you're able to kind of work for yourself and, and kind of live that, that, uh, that dream that we all want to, you know, have is like working for ourselves. And then we, then we, ha- then it happens and we're like, holy crap, like this is actually kind of like, it's still work, but it's just on our terms. Right. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's funny. You know, of course, when you have the, the independent lifestyle a little more without the boss, you're like, wait, now I'm the boss of myself and <laughs> it comes with all sorts of new problems, but yeah, but getting yourself motivated. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we could have a whole nother episode on that, man. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you because it is, it's, it's true. And I think it's worth highlighting, right? It's like a lot of people think, okay, once I, once I get to leave my job, right, then everything's going to be perfect and it's going to be just amazing. And it's going to be the life that I've always wanted. And in some aspects it is, but in the same breath, then you have to deal with like, business stuff, like your own problems. You're in, if something doesn't work, it's kind of all depending on you. And maybe you didn't pull the right lever, or even if you have people working for you now, it's, it's really up to you to lead them properly. So it's just new challenges with every chapter and you got to be willing to embrace them. Here's my tip I'll give. This is is my, my big flag in the sand on, on this motivation point. I, I think that I keep coming back to this over and over again. What has worked for you in the past for motivation, getting work done, 
whatever it is, mm-hmm. go back to that. Like look back at, hey, even high school, college, if you went to college, uh, look back at what you did at your jobs. Like what got you motivated? What got you the most efficient work done? And then try to re-implement that. It's so funny. I, I keep coming back to, uh, I, I, I tried something like leaving the house without my computer, but with like a little type, uh, electronic typewriter thing. And surprise, surprise, it worked three years ago and it works now. But in between, I like forgot it and, and ignored it. But then, hey, just always go back to, to what worked for you before. And there's a good chance it's going to work for you again. Yeah. And I, I also look at it like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to start this new thing or I don't want to try this new thing. And it's scary. And I think it, there's always going to be that stuff. But what I like people to do, you know, especially like talking about like your limiting beliefs or like, you know, why, why am I able to do this or whatever? I always tell people the same thing. Go back to a time in your life that you were, whether you're in sports or whether you were getting ready to perform in like, you know, a school play or whatever, you had to prepare for that. You were probably nervous in that. And then when you actually pulled it off, it probably felt pretty darn good, Mm -hmm. right? So go back to a time in your life that something actually worked, but it wasn't easy, but you actually got it to work. Like you got to play off of those positive times in your life. And then also, like you said, go back to something that worked in the past and go, wait a minute, why am I trying this other thing over here? Oh, cause it's new and exciting and scary, right? Mm-hmm. Like why not just do what worked or at least apply some of those lessons. So I agree. And like you said, we could do a whole show on, on that topic, <laughs> exactly. but we are not going to do that because I want to dig into your story. Cause I always like to share someone's story as far as like, you know, it wasn't always how it is right now for you. You weren't you know, you weren't able to have these other, these new problems that, that you have now, which are, are good problems because you're growing, but how did you arrive there? And then once we, we kind of get that established, then I want to move into how we can, uh, take some of these, uh, you know, these things that you're doing right now for clients and, and how we can maybe even give people some ideas on how they can apply that to their, to their brand. So absolutely get us started. Tall where does order. Brian, where does um, Brian come from? I mean, not to mention I think it was the crochet shop or something that you had mentioned. <laughs> what was the name of that place? Uh, so we had, <laughs> we had shared where all of, uh, how we met our significant others. And my parents, uh, had actually met my, my future wife's parents a couple years before I met, uh, my future wife at a quilt shop called, uh, Thimble Pleasures. <laughs> Every time you say that I die, I die. It's awesome. Thimble pleasures. So funny. That is so, so true funny. though. It's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's enough. That's a third episode, man. We, we, we're really building the backlist. Uh, nice. So let's cut to my story. 2008. Yeah. We're actually coming up on the, the 10 year anniversary of this. Wow. Was, uh, I had been working at Starbucks as a barista. I'd been doing improv comedy stuff and and to make ends meet I was temping and so I was doing this temp job it was like Christmas week um that I was a receptionist for this big company I don't even know what they did and uh great receptionist uh there but no one was calling because it was Christmas week so I said you know I've been trying to set up a blog for ages Let's sit down. Let's write some content. Let's get it done. So I get paid for 40 hours of work that week and 35 of it I'm spending on this blog about writing. 
And, mm. and I knew I, I wanted to be a writer. I knew that uh, one of the things people do when they, they want to start a career is they, they start a blog. And I know a lot of you out there have done blogs or have had blogs. Mm-hmm. And so I start on that blog, produce a, a good amount of content for it about getting rid of writer's block and whatnot. And two years in, I'm making a little bit off of Google AdSense, a little bit off of some other things, but but I'm still temping. I'm still doing freelance stuff. And I see that, hey, some of the posts on my website are doing better than others. And one of them was these creative writing prompts, which are basically story starters that a, a fiction or a nonfiction writer would use. Mm-hmm. And And I say you know, like I've heard about this stuff of people putting books together and selling them on their websites. Why don't I try that? I'll, I'll mash up a bunch of these, these blog posts and I try publishing. And at first it didn't really go anywhere, but I learned that Amazon lets you publish. This was pretty new at the time in mm-hmm. 2010, mm-hmm. the self-publishing. I put it up on Amazon, uh, 30 days, not much. Uh, traction, but then we get to Christmas 2010, another Christmas. This is all very Christmassy for a Jewish guy like myself. <laughs> and so uh, the the sales start to pick up. I remember okay. I was sitting on the uh, on on the guest bed at my wife's parents' house, and I remember seeing like, crap, we I sold like ten books in a day, and I was freaking out. Mm. And so I was like, well, let's let's make this real. Let's like make a business out of this. So I publish more books on the same kind of subject. I go do, you know, very 2011 things like run, go on blog tours and, 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 and create more content and link from all of my blog posts to Amazon. And, and and I ended up selling over 25,000 copies of that first book. Wow. Wow. Now was this before KDP? So this was right at the beginning of KDP. I'm going to like, I swear, I'm going to buy a gift for anyone who tells me KDP was not the first thing it was called back in 2010. Okay, What was it called? It was like Amazon Publishing Services or something. And no one has been able to tell me. I feel like this is a Berenstein Bears thing (laughs) where like I'm in a different dimension. But uh, yeah, so I, I put those books out, started building it over a couple of years it turned into me wanting to help other authors. It turned into me connecting with a bunch of other authors and, and later doing a podcast for other authors, later running a service business and courses for other authors. And so it all really started with that blog. It got into me wanting to just help people as much as I could, went into books, and then it went into me wanting to help other authors pull off the same kind of thing that I had. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? How like one thing will then lead to another thing and then opportunity and then connections and networking. And it's just something how when you continually, you know, take action, as I always say, you're getting these, these moments that are opportunities as I like to look at them and you try some, you like them, they don't work, some work, some might work, but you don't really like it. You want to do something different. It allows you to kind of go to where you're going. And I just, I love it. Again, just listen to anyone's story, but yours in this case, like you started as a temp, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you discovered like this thing and then you started to expand on it and then you sold 10 books in a day. And you're like, holy crap, like this is something like we could maybe build this into a business. And 
Yeah. And then everything else just kind of unfolds. And it's, it's interesting because I, I think everyone has those similar stories. They just have to piece them together. And if you do, you'll kind of see that this thing led to this thing and then this thing led to that thing. And it'll actually give you a little bit more, you know, I guess, uh, confidence moving forward into other things and just knowing that you're not always going to know what's on the other side until you actually get out there and do it. You know? Yeah. It does start with the action. It does recognize a pattern. You recognize something good. You, you take action and then you kind of repeat Mm -hmm. that over and over again. Let me ask you this. Okay. So I've dabbled again in the Kindle book, um, world and, um, I, I'm going to say probably five or six years ago. And, um, and we actually, cause we, uh, you know, we came from the photography space. So, uh, we were teaching people, um, photography stuff. So my wife had put together like all of her same, same idea. Like she was blog posts, you know, or create blog posts about like, you know, newborn photography tips, like, you know, like how to, you know, have a baby stay relaxed when you're through the session and like all of these tips. So we compiled it, put it into a Kindle book and we started selling that. Um, so we did one on newborn photography. We did another one on how to start, um, just a photography studio in general, because mm-hmm. we, we did that, we, that did well. And I think at one point in time, both those books, they were bringing in leads. Number one, and I think and a yeah. lot of people overlooked that they were bringing in leads. I was building the email list while we were doing that, which was then leading people into more of our online space stuff, um, our products and stuff. Um, but it was also bringing in some income. I think we were uh, making upwards of 800 to a thousand dollars a month on just those two books. Yeah. And Which that, was insane. And that's huge. That matters. Even look, I know uh, probably some of your folks out there like, well, Scott's big time now, like 800 to a thousand dollars a month. Doesn't matter all that much, but, but back when you're starting out, it's huge. Mm. Like when I was starting my business, getting that, you know, thousand, couple thousand dollars a month, just consistently that yeah. extra money mm-hmm. you can funnel it back into your business. Or you can use it to pay the bills and do less of your other work so that you have the time and the headspace to build the business. Like $800 doesn't sound like a lot, but getting that consistently every month and having it be very passive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of upkeep at all. Every now and then you might do a KDP um, little promotion where you, sure. you know, use, use your five days that they gave you to, to do free downloads or to do a discount or any of that stuff. Um, but the, the thing that I found interesting was everything really still kind of applies that was there over to the physical product space that Amazon is allowing us to use. Right. Yeah. The optimization, the keyword research and, and as, as far as like finding the search terms, um, optimiz- optimization as far as your bullet points and all of that stuff. And that's really what I believe you are really good at um, from what I've gathered from talking to you. And that's what I want to give you know people some tips on that. But I also want to talk just even about if someone wanted to add, you know, a, an ebook, Kindle book to their brand, how that could be done without them really having to do all that much work if they don't want to. So maybe we can yeah. walk people through that because I think that's a huge ad for any business. Um, again, if you're into the bat, if you're in bass fishing, right, you could create a guide on bass fishing like mm-hmm. so easily. And so I want to talk about that a little bit to give people um, some ideas on how they could, how they could do it. But back to your point of like 800 bucks, like, you know, people, like you said, they'd be like, eh, that's what I used to do. And I still kind of do it just at a little bit of a bigger scale. Now, I'm like, how can I roll something out, have it be passive and pay for one of my bills? 
mm-hmm. right? So what did that $800 do? That might've been my car payment and maybe my electric bill, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, there it is. As long as I keep those books selling, I got my car paid for and I got my electric paid for, you know? Like mm-hmm. I used to try to create ways to pay the bills and then almost like pretend like the bill isn't even there then. Like this thing over here is paying for my car. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then that way there, it kind of allowed me to kind of chunk things down and kind of visualize what I was doing rather than saying, I just want to make $10,000 this month. Well, that's good. That in, a, in a slightly different direction too. Sure. So this is, I think this is secret to my success in a way, but you get that $800 and you say, all right, well, I'm, I'm already working part-time or full-time. I already have the bills paid. What can I do for that $800 that is going to give me more time, give me more energy, allow me to spend more focus on the business. Mm. Recent, recently, uh, I had asked my wife, and this is kind of further down the line, but it, it, I, I'd asked my wife, uh, hey, for my birthday, can you get me like three prepared meals, like deliver to the house, because I'm the cook, I cook mm-hmm. all the meals, uh, deliver to the house, and then like, I don't have to think about making the dinner. Right. And you could do that kind of thing across the board. You could say, all right, well, I usually spend about 30 minutes prepping the food. Uh, this week, I'm going to spend that $800 and it doesn't cost $800 to get all those meals. Right. But like, we're going to do two pizza nights, three prepared meals. And I'm not, I'm going to get that two and a half hours back. Mm. And then you do something with that mm. two and a half hours even if you're just thinking and brainstorming with that two and a half hours, mm. then you can use that as a jumping off point to the next step of your business. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I think you're really good at that now because you actually have a team that's, you know, that's, that's doing, you know, and performing your services now, which is mm-hmm. that, that takes time and it takes building and it takes trust and all that stuff. But a lot of it has been done so you can remove yourself from certain day-to-day tasks that you were doing to free up that time. Yeah. Here's here's a funny thing though that I've found, right? Like I used to mow my lawn. I don't mow my lawn anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, I used to do a little bit more of the odd jobs around my house. I don't really do them anymore. Yeah. But here's the funny thing. I kind of miss some of those. You know, and it's like my yard work. I used to, it's kind of like, that was a way for me to Mm de-stress. I I guess my thing is, is I don't want to have to do it all the time. I'd like to do it when I want to do it. So I I just give you an example, like uh, right, right around our our pool deck, you know, there's, um, there's a sealer that we got to put on because it's only about a year old and there's some sealer, you know, you got to roll it on no big deal. And I'm like, I'm going to pay someone to do that. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to do it myself because I want to do it. And it also allows me to not think about the business. Maybe I'm just going to go out there and just kind of do that task. So sometimes it comes back where you're like, I actually want to do one of those things because it'll get me away from the computer. It'll get me away mm-hmm. from this stuff. Um, so it's, it's just kind of weird how you think, but you're hundred percent right. Like if you can, if you're struggling, if you're still working a full-time job and you're like, man, if I could just sit down and spend two hours without having to do the lawn, right. Then pay someone to do the lawn while you're building your business. If it costs you 30 bucks to have someone mow your lawn, that's $30 that you're going to be able to pay that person. But then you can work hundred percent on what you're building, which I think is yeah. really, really important. Yeah. I totally um, agree. I, threw okay. the, I feel like I threw this one off, off task. We can get back to the book thing. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. But th- this is interesting. And like I said to you before, I mean, you know, this, this show is all about just, again, connecting the dots, but allowing people to, to build and grow a business, but also a lifestyle. 
So, yeah. and I love hearing your story and I just, I love sharing like those tidbits because I think they're powerful. And I've had a lot of people, a lot of listeners say, you know, that one tidbit that you shared on that, that really kind of opened my eyes to something. So even if it just opened someone's eyes to something and it helps them, we've done a good job here. Um, all right, let's, let's get to the book uh, or the okay. book stuff. All yeah. right. So now you basically t- tell us what you do now for, for people like right now, sure. like what's your, what's your main, your main thing? So my main thing right now is I run a copywriting agency, essentially. We write the book descriptions that show up on the back of the book or on Amazon. We write those descriptions for authors, for fiction Mm -hmm. or or nonfiction authors. And it's so funny how how it all came about. I was uh, part of a mastermind. Nothing as high end as a Pat Flynn mastermind, but right, right. Uh, but this was a mastermind with some guys, and I was doing freelance still on the side with my writing, and and helping authors. And my friend says, "Man, you're doing all this helping author stuff. Why don't you just do writing for authors so you can get rid of all the stuff that doesn't fit with your brand?" Mm. And I said, oh, it's a great idea. Had a sales page up in a week. <laughs> I said, nice. I'm going to buckle, buckle down on this. I'm going to get the sales page up in a week. I already had a, a bit of a brand build up from doing a podcast. I, I have a podcast on book marketing called The Sell More Books Show. And on that show, I pitched it. I said, hey, I'll do this. It was 49 bucks at the time. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I got an email from a friend. I was like, you're crazy. Uh, 49 bucks at the time. And I said, Hey, we'll write these book descriptions for you. And I got a hundred orders wow. in the first month. And so obviously there was a bit of a pain point there that we were a little bit fulfilling. Uh, people hate writing these blurbs. You see these memes going around with Gollum from Lord of the Rings. It's like, <laughs> we must write the blurb, but we hates it. And, uh, it, it's so, so that business has expanded and, so now we we are the premier people for this in 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 publishing, writing these descriptions, and we've had over two thousand orders over the last three years, and so that is how we do it. But I wanted to bring back around to your point about your photography books. Mm-hmm. So you were using these to uh, make the money on, mm-hmm. uh, passively, but you were using it also to generate leads. I, yeah. I have a book that I wrote uh, relatively early in the business, maybe a year to a year, year and a half into the business on how to write a sizzling synopsis, which was for specifically fiction mm-hmm. descriptions. And it's so funny because this book, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And I put it out and I promoted it to my list and it got good reviews. But this book has probably brought in more business than most of the activities I've done. It's brought in leads of people who are getting some advice on how to write a description. Mm -hmm. But in the back of the book, I say, hey, but if you don't want to do it yourself, (laughs) we're here. And, and, And not only that, but you get people, you see people tagging you on Facebook. They're, they're like in a group and someone asks for help on a description. They're like, Oh, do you know Brian? He has a business. Oh, do you do you know Brian? He has this book. Go check out his book. And so people can like who don't know about me can learn about it from this uh, socially sharing the book, from people looking up the book on Amazon, from uh, people just happening, you know, getting a recommendation from a friend. And mm. so this book ended up helping to really build my brand, get 
people to feel like I was and, and my company is the expert in this particular area. And if you can use that, whether it's for sale on Amazon or whether it's just, hey, this is an add-on you get for uh, buying this physical product. Mm. Like it can share, it can spread. And it helps if the book is good, of course. Of course, of course. But you can use that book to really expand your business in a way that you didn't even, uh, you didn't even expect to happen. You know, and this is kind of leading me to, I guess how I want to, cause I wasn't sure like getting you on, I'm like, we could talk about copywriting. Like mm-hmm. we could talk, you know, we could talk all about that for the entire episode. Cause I think that you, you definitely have a, a good sense of that and you're good sure. at it, but there's also a part of it that I think a lot of, uh, a lot of brands don't realize how they could actually do this pretty easily. So I'd like maybe to go down that road. Yeah. If, if, you know, if we're talking about going into, uh, you know, a market and we can just make up a few, but if we were going into a market, like how would someone tackle a project like this to create a lead magnet in a sense to where you can educate people in your market and then lead them over to your services or to your business or your products? Um, what, what would you advise someone that didn't want to sit down and, and hammer on a keyboard um, and, or didn't think that they had the, the skill set to do that? What would, you, what would you say to that person? Well, I think there, there's plenty of ways to not write a book <laughs> that, that someone else have it write, write it for you. There's ghost writing. There's all sorts of things. But I think a lot of people don't realize hey, I wrote 10 blog posts about this. Mm. You know, with a little tinkering, those 10 blog posts, kind of like I did with my first book, can become a book. Mm. Uh, A a friend of mine, Steve Scott, who's, uh, I don't know if he's quite sold a million, but I think he's sold about a million books, uh, e-books. And he started with blogging, but then he realized, oh, I'm I'm not going to blog. I'm just going to take those blog posts I was writing and, and turn them into books. Mm. So if you have ever done a blog or if you've ever written some things related to your product, like if you've written like a, a how-to guide to using that product, uh, even, even if it's just really basic, that could be the building blocks of a book that mm. you use for your brand. So I think people look at a book the idea of a book and they think some, you know, traditionally published uh, doorstop of a thing that is like 500 pages that you could use to, you know, attack a small animal. Uh, But it doesn't have to be that big. A lot of these successful nonfiction books are uh, 100 pages, less Mm. than 100 pages, some of them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, that book I was talking about, uh, my my sizzling synopsis book, I, I need to look it up to remember for sure. Pretty sure that's less than a hundred pages, and mm. uh, it's got something like you know, ten thousand or so sales, lots of reviews. I'm I'm just kind of treading while I look here and <laughs> see how many pages it is. Uh, but but yeah, it's definitely it, it does not have to be long. And if you've ever written anything related to it, to your subject, you can reuse, you, you can do not reinvent the wheel, mm. reuse it over and over again. Yeah. 
here's the one thing too I wanted to ask you because um, I think it's important that sometimes people think they want to write this massive book. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on like creating like a book on a specific thing, like one thing that it's going to help them with and maybe just roll out more of those as a series versus with this one book that encompasses everything? Yeah, I mean, you have to think about who's reading these books. Does the person who is thinking about starting a photography business or the person who's thinking about maybe trying out this new uh, exercise routine that your equipment that you've you've uh, done through through Amazon is, is going to work really well with? Like, are they looking to buy, read a 500-page a book? Or mm. do they just want the information delivered in a quick way uh, and, and, and just something that they can master as soon as possible. And, and I think it's usually the latter mm. where you, you get the information quickly and there is nothing wrong with having two or three short books on a part of a topic, nothing wrong with it. Cause you can be more specific. That's probably better for the search engine optimization on Amazon. If it's got really specific keywords you, you do not have to go crazy with this. You could write a 50-page book. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it, and people will buy it. Or, and you made this, you, you, we had talked about this, how you could have it set up so your email autoresponder that goes through Amazon has a link to the book. Yeah. And I have a hack for that. So we, you, you said, uh, well, that link could just be a PDF. Mm-hmm. And it could be a PDF, but there's a service a lot of uh, authors use, a lot of fiction authors use called Book Funnel. Okay. And Book Funnel does some incredible stuff. Problem with PDF, you know, like you got to print it out or you got to read it on your computer. Book Funnel will, it will send it to your phone. It'll send it to your Kindle device. If you have a Kindle device, uh, it'll, it'll send it to your computer. It, it gives you the option oh, of okay. it in a bunch of different formats. Okay. Got someone who's like, I have a Kindle Paperwhite with the the ink screen, which is really uh, not as harsh on the eyes. If you have a customer who has a e-ink reader or something like that, they can use the book funnel link and and get it on their device pretty easy. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. Like to have it in multiple formats is is the best. Yes. Um, you know, quick and you know, kind of easy is the PDF because you just attach it, and Amazon lets us attach it. They do let us include a link to a resource, um, as long as the resource is not um selling them something additionally, um, that's mm-hmm. you know with the product because they don't want you to take traffic away. And but we've always done it where we can give them a guide or a quick start guide or something like that. That's fine. In yeah. this case, if it's a book that's going to help them with, you know, 10, you know, 10 hacks to catch more bass. Well, (laughs) that's fine. Right. Like who's not going to want that? That just bought their new, you know, bass fishing lure. Right. Um, and then in that book, you can reference your products. You can, you can reference, you know, your different uh, rods that you have or your, you know, tackle or whatever it is, you can refer to that. And that's how you would lead people back. The one thing I want people to understand is like, you might go through the work of setting one of these up. Once you set it up, it's done. Like yeah. all you really need to do is just keep every now and then promoting it a little bit. And you can do that in various different ways. But the Kindle process works very similar to launching a product on 
on Amazon, a physical product. It's the same idea. We want to launch it. We want to get a whole bunch of people there. That's where you do like the KDP. You offer it for free for, you know, whatever uh, you can use this all your five days if you want, or you can do it for a couple days. And then you're going to get a spike in the algorithm to get you ranking. So then when you do show up, you're going to get in front of other people that are buying it for $1.99 or $2.99 or whatever. And then from there, the more people you get it in their hands, the more likely are they are to come back and, and visit your brand and your physical products or get on your email list, which I'm a big fan of, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. This was one of my favorite parts of the retreat, actually, Scott, was talking about this with you that, that I, I was saying. So with an ebook, you do this thing and you were like, yeah, that works for physical products too. And it just blew my mind because any author could come from learning what, what, you know, I've taught or what, what other books have taught and go to making a physical product and that would work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or folks could have uh, the information, the knowledge that you've taught on, on, on Amazon products, go over to creating a book. And those things would work too. It just, Mm -hmm. they fit so well together because they work the same way. Yeah. Here's the cool thing, right? So I've been teaching here for the past, probably almost two years now, build an email list. Like, you know, I think all across any marketing or any brand or anything like that, we always talk about building a list. It's been around for a long time and it's going to continue depending on what format. It might not be email list forever. It'll be maybe be Facebook pixel audiences, whatever it is, but you're building an audience, you're building a list of some kind, but let's just say it's an email list. So let's say that, you know, through some of the stuff that I've taught in the past, you've built an email list to 10,000 people and you're letting people know that you have content and you're sharing and you're doing all the stuff that I teach. Well, if you added a Kindle book to this, guess what else you can do? Let them know that it's on sale or that it's free for the next two days and you're going to get a rush of downloads and that's going to spike the algorithm and then you're going to start ranking. So there's another there, there's another reason why you want to build your brand with an email list or some type of reach. Um, you know, we've been playing around, uh, around a lot with like pixeled audiences now. That pixeled audience, you can let those people know. You can advertise to just those people. You're going to do this for the next two days. Receive our free Kindle book whatever, the more downloads, the more, you know, the more chances are of of ranking and getting exposure and all that stuff. So lots of cool stuff that you can do. And you're right. It's kind of like cross-platform. Like once you're in that, it's kind of working the same, you know? Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this. Um, Let's talk a little bit about copywriting. Okay. Because it's one thing to get the traffic, but if you don't have a compelling title or you know, any of that stuff. Um, give us some tips on that because that'll even help us with like just our listings in general. But what are some common things that you like to see when putting together a title? Well, I, I think we kind of went into this a little bit with our friend, Alex. Has she been on your show yet? She has no. not yet, but she's going to be, she's, okay. uh, she's, she's crushing it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So she, uh, we, we saw her, uh, her listing on Amazon and, and we said, you know, that you're missing some opportunities in your title for your product. You could have your brand in there because she has a very popular brand. It makes sense for her to mention that. Of course. Uh, Like don't skip out on like the feathers you have in your cap already. Like Mm. you, if you've got a big brand, if you've had other successful products, if you've had other things, you can include that in kind of your product title and and subtitle. Mm -hmm. Like don't forget that sort of thing. And and make it an appealing title. Like if it's just, you know, uh, steel fishing rod, it's right. like, come on, like right, right, right. Think, put yourself in an Amazon customer's shoes. Like what, 
you know, like uh, get into the specifics about what kind of steel or like uh, to help you catch more fish, you know, in less mm. time sort of thing. Like uh, don't be willing to to kind of take the the title and subtitle to the next level, like run it by some people, see what they think, get some feedback. Don't do this in a vacuum, never do this in a vacuum. But I want to really go into remembering that you are putting out a product that is solving a problem. You're solving someone's problem. That's why people mm. go on Amazon. Mm. They're like, I need a thing that does this, or yeah. I ran out of socks, or yeah. my like, garlic press broke, or my garlic press broke. And and so, uh, do you want uh, do you want a new garlic press that will last for a lifetime? Mm. Like you're solving someone's problem. So what's right. the problem? I love it in the form of a question, mm. like. Do you want to catch more fish uh, with the lightest rod known to man? Like mm. you want to show that your product is solving uh, is solving a problem and, and make it clear mm. your product is the solution to this. Like discover uh, the, the newest rod that will make your fishing trips hundred percent better, you know, like, I obviously don't fish. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, I have a little, but not as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say with, with um, being an FBA seller, they are strict mm -hmm. on their titles. Yeah. So the titles, you got to be careful. Now your bullets, you have a little bit more freedom there. Your yeah. description, you have even more freedom. So I would say the things that you're saying, I would probably put in the first and second bullet. Yeah. to really draw the attention. The title, they're really making it super strict that it's like stainless steel garlic press. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they want. Now you could put, you could add some, some more exciting words in there that would represent that it's, it's, you know, high quality. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, again, some yeah, of that yeah, in, in book titles, it's similar. Like, uh, Alex was able to put her brand because she yes. has this big brand. Yep. Well, and they, they do want the brand. They, they do want the brand in there, Brian. They, they right. actually, sometimes they will cut your title out and remove it and put in your brand with your product. Like they, they've literally removed a title and then re, you know, uh, you know, they added it back in with your brand. Cause they do want the brand to be in the title for the most part. Now, um, but you know how Amazon is, right? They're always changing things. They're always yeah. updating things. I mean, that happens in the Kindle world too, right? It does. We, <laughs> we're always having to stay on our toes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you just need to, you have to understand that there, you are solving a problem or making someone's life easier, right? Mm -hmm. or, or, or getting them something, um, a result of some kind. Like you said, if you're, you know, if you're buying a fishing lure, you're probably buying one because you want to catch more fish, but you might also be want buying one because you've been getting hung up in the weeds and you want to find one that's weedless. Right. Yeah. And so you just have to know what, what they're searching for. And I think looking through, through the reviews of other people or even your own customers and seeing what their sticking points are, and then kind of like mentioning that stuff back in to mm -hmm. your, your bullets and your description and all, all of that stuff. You know what, be, before we wrap up, what about reviews? I know that like for Kindle, it's probably very similar. And I, you know, you want to get reviews and, and stuff like how important is that for um, the Kindle side of things? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. It's the exact same. You want that social proof. 
Mm. I, and, and sometimes it can even be just more reviews. Like mm-hmm. it's not even necessarily about getting it all, getting all five stars. Like that can even look a little dubious. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, they're all five stars. It seems yep. like he got all his friends to review it. Like yep. Yep. you want to make sure that you are getting real honest reviews in there. And that's what I always ask when I ask my readers, when I ask our podcast followers, Hey, could you go check out this book and leave a review? I, I say honest review. Like mm-hmm. I want the real deal there, but you, you need to always be hunting mm. for reviewers. If you are building that email list, like you suggest, Scott, then every so often it's okay to go back out and say, Hey, if you use this product, can you go back and leave a review? You can ask three months later, six months mm-hmm. later. It's okay to ask multiple times. You don't feel bad about asking. This, right. this is always a common theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feeling yeah, bad yeah. about asking. I, I feel bad about asking and I do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know well, it I needs it. to be done. Yeah, it, it does. And like you said, I mean, you can do it in a, in a, in a cool way. You know what I mean? Where you're yeah. just like, hey, you know, um, you know, um, not sure if, um, you've had a chance to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. You know, we're, I've always said it too. If you're a small business, you know, make, make them aware of that. You know, we're a small business. We want to make sure that we're taking care of our customers and we want Amazon to know we are too, like something basic like that. And then they can go and don't say, go leave me a five star. And if you're not going to leave me a five star, let me know so I can make it right. Like none of that crap. Um, cause that, that's what will get you in trouble. Um, so just, yeah, you want to, but again, you've probably built a relationship with those people and you'll probably do okay. So, you know, just, just do, do good by your, 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 uh, you know, your list and your, your followers and your customers and you'll be fine. Um, anything else we want to wrap up with here? I mean, I think it it seems like we, we covered a lot and I wasn't really sure where we were going to go, but I, (laughs) I really like where we went because, there's a ton of value there. And I think the big thing I want people to understand and take away and maybe think to themselves is what kind of content could I give my audience? And then that content could turn into multiple pieces of, you know, real estate really for your business on a blog. It could be on a YouTube channel. It could be anywhere, but then you could also compile that, put it into a a book that people would want to, they would want to go through and have, whether it's printed or whether it's on a Kindle. Um, So this way here, you can, really create a resource for your audience that could give them value, but then also lead them back to your products. So is it okay if I spoil something that we kind of talked about on the retreat and, and the pe- people listening aren't going to have spent thousands of dollars on? Sure. Okay. I want, yeah. you know, always trying to go above and beyond here. Of course. And, and we, I've heard this, people share this kind of thing before, but let's say you start with, uh, you, you've built up a little bit of a Facebook audience. You do a Facebook live for them. Uh, you're, you, it's not just like, you know, Hey Bob, Hey, whatever you're teaching, you're teaching something, mm-hmm. uh, you're sharing something that that's going to be good information. Uh, you, you do this 20, 40 minutes and you take that audio and you turn it into a podcast and you take that video and you either break it up or you keep it the same and turn it into a YouTube. Mm. Then you take that content that was in the YouTube or, or the Facebook Live and, and whatnot, and you turn that into some blog posts. You do a few related Facebook Lives that turn into YouTubes and turn into podcasts and turn into blog posts. Then you could take those blog posts, adapt them, and turn them into a book. Mm-hmm. So you could do all of that 
five videos, five videos on the same topic, turn those into the YouTube, the podcast, the blog posts, social media posts, and the, uh, and, and the book all just from starting at the top and working your way down. Yeah. I, I love that. And, uh, actually I forgot who it was. It might've been, um, gosh, I forget who it was now, but it was kind of like called the 90 minute book. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of that. And, um, oh gosh, who is that now? I'm trying to think who that was. I forget now. So, so if now I, I have to look it up, <laughs> if I, if I remember, yeah, you, you look it up while, while I'm describing it. So basically the idea is, you know, have someone interview you or you interview someone else with like 10 things that they need to know. And then what you would do is you would almost treat it like you were doing a presentation. So if you were going to do like a keynote or even just a PowerPoint presentation for a school presentation, whatever it is, come up with all of the details, all of the facts, bullet points, whatever, and then just get a recording going where you're going to record the entire thing. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You can, you can stutter and you can um and ah and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. And then what you do is you would then take that and then you would have someone transcribe it and then someone edit it. So trans Uh transcribing, it's pretty easy nowadays. I mean, you can go to Temi, which is 10 cents a minute, which is about 85, 90% accurate. Then you can go to rev.com, which is another one. They do a really good job. And then you'd have an editor go through it and make it flow and make it read well, and then have it compiled and put into a book. Like literally you could probably do that for under 500 bucks. Yeah. And you could have a book in hand and you can have an asset for your company, you know, put it on Kindle, you know, get some traffic going through there, um, deliver a piece of content that will kind of live on, you know, and continue to bring in leads. And then, like you said, then you can create other little mini trainings around it that might be through that book and then just mention the book or not even mention the book, just use that as content to put out on YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms. Um, but that's, that's how you could do it. Just, you need to understand what the topic is that you're going to talk about and really make that concise and, 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 and teach through it and then just record it and put it out. Did you find out who that was? You know, I found a couple things. There's a thing by a guy named Dean Jackson. That's it. Dean Jackson. That's who I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Dean. Yeah. I followed Dean for a while. He comes from the real estate game. Um, real great guy, smart, um, and uh, yeah, he came up with uh, with that whole concept called the 90 minute book. Um, I love it, you know, and it's it's something really easy that I think anyone can do. And so, sometimes it's hard for someone to actually just jump on and record. So instead, have the questions that you want to be asked or the ones that you're going to ask and then just ask the questions and have that person go into detail. That's the book. Right. Yep. And then you can refine it and tweak it later. Um, so I love that. So anything else you want to add and um, and then we can wrap up. Uh, I think remember that a book does not have to be this giant paperweight. <laughs> it, <laughs> right. it can start small. It can start small. It can be a compilation of five to ten blog posts. It it remember that books are changing. People's attention spans are getting shorter. So mm. start with something small. My first book was about a hundred pages, and mm. I've released a bunch of hundred page type books since then. And so do not be overwhelmed. Just sit down, throw some of your old content together, reuse, repurpose, and it can, it can really have some legs for you. Yeah, no, I love it. All right. And then the last thing, how can people get a hold of you? Well, 
if you do want to write a book <laughs> and, and you need some good copy to go along with it, go to bestpageforward.net and we will uh, take a look at your description for you. And hey, if you like podcasts, I have one every week, not quite as often as Scott here, but uh, <laughs> you can go check out the Sell More Books show and uh, wherever good podcasts are listened to. And, and we go over some uh, publishing news every week. And I, I think you'll enjoy it if you like hearing more about book marketing. Awesome. Yeah, this has been great. And like I said, I didn't know the direction we were going to go, but we found that direction. And I think it was very, very useful. So Brian, once again, I want to thank you. It's always awesome hanging out with you. And I know we're going to be hanging out again here in March, I believe. So we'll have uh, some cool things to share there. Maybe we'll do, even do a podcast live while we're at the house. Maybe we'll do something Ooh, like that. That'd that's be fun. a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, we'll, hey, we'll do that. Thanks for having me, man. This has been a lot of fun and, and I appreciate you, man. Yeah, no problem. And uh, yeah, if anyone has any uh, questions for Brian, definitely reach out. He's always um, he's always there to, to help anyone that is looking for more book advice. So Brian, once again, thank you. Thank you, Scott. All right. So a little bit of a different direction, but I think that uh, there was a lot of value there. And if you are now starting to think, if you're starting to explore the ideas of a book, is it the right thing for your business or for your brand? I don't know of a business or brand that it's not a good idea for. And the cool thing is, is you can create another asset that can start bringing in some additional income for the business, whether you want to reinvest that back into the business and ad spend or products, whatever um, you can. And the cool thing is, is I think there's probably a different topic in different areas of your market that you could probably do. And now these don't have to be that long. They could be 45 or 50 pages as long as they are good content, right? And sometimes, like I said with Brian, it's better to have you know a variety of topics that are specifically designed to help in one area, and then you can tie them all together so someone could buy the collection. Um, so uh, definitely think about this. And Really start thinking to yourself, what could your market want and what could they use as a resource uh, in something like this? Because your market probably is hanging out over on Kindle, figuring out a book that they want to read on a plane or uh, you know on a vacation, and that could lead them over to your brand. And you can build your, your list and you can build your audience that way. So definitely think about this. Think about adding something like this to your business, to your brand. I really, really think moving forward just in content creation alone um, could be so beneficial for you and your brand, all right? So guys, the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 594. I will link up everything there for you. So this way here, you can get all of the information that you need. All right. So guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.